to an introduction to Ephesians, but thank you so much, youth. I think they definitely learned some stuff in the book of Ephesians. Um, so just to set the context, Paul was in prison when he wrote this book. Um, and the town is called Ephesus, and they got that right. That He wrote it to the church of Ephesus or the Christians in Ephesus, which is now the modern-day Turkey. Here we have a picture of the temple of Artemis. Um, and in there is the goddess Diana. If you see the goddess Diana, she's a many-breasted idol, um, and she represents fertility. But this temple in that day was described as one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. And in fact, the person who put these seven ancient wonders together said that this was outstanding from them. So his personal favorite as well. So you could imagine this temple was rich. It cost a lot of money to build. It was magnificent. It was big. It was, a, it was an epicenter for, for this town. Um, and then we had the queen uh, of Diana who's on this altar. We do know a little bit about Ephesus because Paul was actually there before he wrote his letters. He, wrote, he was there and he ministered and people believed in him. Now, if you read Acts 19, it talks about a riot in Ephesus. And this was caused because of Paul and Christianity. You see, when, when Christians came into Ephesus or became believers in Ephesus, this temple and this goddess stop being praised. And then in, in Acts 19, it describes a, um, a blacksmith who used to make probably idols of this God and used to sell them. And that, that used to be his money-making idea, I suppose, or, or that's his wealth. And so he got concerned because obviously his sales were going to come down. And so he called this riot. Uh, and, and so that's something that definitely happened in Ephesus. Um, Paul was there during that time, and they took two of his followers away uh, and took him to a theater. In the end, uh, you can have a read of Acts. I don't want to get into Acts right now. You can have a read that uh, they, they weren't killed or anything, um, and someone broke the ride up in the end. Uh, we also know that Ephesus is the place where uh, disciples uh, didn't know about the Holy Spirit. See, they heard the Word of God. Um, but they weren't sure about this Holy Spirit thing. And Paul came, and this is where we get our idea of, of laying on of hands, and he laid hands on them because they were believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. And that's when they began speaking in tongues and different languages. Uh, so that is also found in this town of Ephesus. Now, the book of Ephesians, I'll share that it took me 15 minutes and 44 seconds to read. So it's not a big letter. Uh, and we have broken it up into six chapters. Paul wrote this letter uh, while he was in prison. He also wrote two other books while he was there. Well, these got sent at the same time as Ephesus. And those were Colossians and Philemon. I mean, we've got to understand something about the New, the New Testament writing, though. They didn't have email. You know that. It wasn't an easy fix to just send a letter anywhere. They used a, a material called papyrus, generally. And it was, it was from a reed or a plant. It wasn't easy to get your hands on. And it wasn't big in many cases, this material. On an email, we can write thousands of words and letters. On papyrus, well, we've got to be careful what you say because there's not much space. So when I think of this, I think of, well, that book Ephesians that was written on that, these words counted to Paul, and they were important. 
So they've got to be important to us. So we should take a, a, a strong note of this. Um, I, I don't know if it was intentionally, uh, but Paul, if we read through the book of Ephesians, we'll see that there's two distinct halves. Chapters 1 to 3, and then there's 4 to 6. It's one big letter. However, Paul looks like he wrote it in two different ways. So in 1 to 3, Paul writes things about our relationship to God. And in 4 to 6, he talks about our relationship to others. In the first half of that letter, he talks about God's purpose. And how the youth said it, what is God's big plan? All right, And then 4 to 6, what do we do about that? Now that we know what God's plan is, how do we respond? In 1 to 3, he talks about the gospel story. And 4 to 6, he talks about our story. That's where the suit up is, the armor. This is what you've got to do as a Christian and a believer. You learnt about grace. Now what's your response? You know grace. You've been given salvation. Now how do you respond? And you can't take one half away from the other. You see, many of us can go, oh, I'm saved, I've got grace, and we leave it there. But 4 to 6 actually says, because you're saved, this is what you've got to do. This is how you have to live. This is how we live as Christians. There's a difference. It's about taking your old self off and putting on your new self. It's about suiting up against spiritual powers. He talks about unity uh, in, in 4 to 6. So on the first half of the letter, he talks about grace, and the second half about works. Um, and although I can't get into a whole book now, that's, a, a, I suppose, a bit of a summary of the book of Ephesians from Paul. Um, and because it's coming up Christmas, I think, I really believe that his first chapter is enough for this morning. So if we can just spend about five minutes now just on, uh, just on this first chapter, which I think is quite beautiful. Um, and we'll focus upon these verses that I chose because uh, the Ephesians didn't know what the Holy Spirit was themselves and laid their hands. Uh, the Holy Spirit plays a massive part uh, within, the, within the book of Ephesians. So Paul begins to uh, list certain things to the Ephesians. He starts off, the book of Ephesians as a prayer and a praise. And you can hear the words, praise be to God, thank, for, thank you for Jesus. He starts naming blessings. And it's, it's a, I think, a great practice what we should all do. We name our blessings and coming up to Christmas, we should start making a list of these blessings. But anybody, Christians and non-Christians, can make a physical list of, bless, of blessings. Anybody can go, oh, thank God for my house and the roof, the food that's on my table. Paul talks about spiritual blessings. And the blessings he writes in chapter 1 are, he, thank, thanks be to God, He's blessed us because He's chosen you, He's predestined you, as the youth said. Uh, he's chosen you before the foundations of the world. The next blessing he talks about is, you can be a child of God. And if they, they, he writes to the believers, so they are. So he's saying, this is a blessing, a spiritual blessing. You're a child of God. Now, non-Christians can't write that. But we can. These are our spiritual blessings that we've got to hold to. Uh, then he talks about redemption. 
Who knows what the word redemption is? Redemption through Christ, which is, Dylan, you said it. Oh, has he gone, has he? Oh, yeah. Redemption in Jesus Christ is what? Something like four words. The forgiveness of sins. That's the verse where you learnt it from. Very good. This is a spiritual blessing. A non-Christian can't write that blessing down because they don't know that yet. But we can. See how we name our spiritual blessings. And Paul was doing this, and it was in a letter of praise. It was a song to God. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. And we've got to count our blessings, creating us as stronger Christians. So then he also says, well, the blessing also upon the church of Ephesus was the same here within this room. If you're a believer of Christ, you would have won, heard it. Paul talks about it. You heard the truth. The second blessing is you believed it. You believed what was being said. And the third one is, and this is the one I just want to focus on for the rest of the time, is God sealed it. And that's a great word right there. God sealed it. Grace is something, is a gift that we cannot boast about. No man or woman can boast. It's simply a gift from God. And that is the forgiveness of sins, this gift. And when we hear it, when we believe it, we are then sealed. And what was the mark of the Holy Spirit that the youth said? Do you remember what the mark is? The Holy Spirit. Well done, Christy. Yeah, helping out the adults now. See? So the mark, the mark, sorry, the mark of God, the promise, of, the seal is the Holy Spirit. So, so we find here in this verse, in Him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, Jesus Christ, and, and your redemption for your sins, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. That's how we know we belong to Christ. And that Holy Spirit is active today. And I pray that this is active throughout the rest of our year, in our lives, not just in our lives, but in this church. That people notice us. You see, what, what I think at the moment is that we've got a massive challenge with the church. The world knows what we stand against. They know what we stand against. And in some sense, it quietens us. And we become a smaller voice. So now we've got to let them know what we stand for. And those are the blessings Paul's talking about. So if someone looks into us, imagine how grouse it would be if they go, I want what you guys have. I want that. That love that you have, that Holy Spirit, when they look in, what do they see in us? Are we showing that mark of the Holy Spirit? This, uh, this is a, a picture of a seal I just put up there. And uh, it used to be on these letters, and I believe what it was for is when you put a wax seal on there, that's going to be delivered to where it gets to in its own privacy. 
You see, no one can muck it up. If they do, you'll notice that the wax and the seal has been broken. The Holy Spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit can't be broken like that. It's the, the job of the Holy Spirit is to get us or those, I should say, who have heard and believed to God. Delivered to God, untampered, untouched. That is the seal of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Another way to look at a seal is um, they used to use seals on contracts. And so when the deal is done, there's your contract. The person would seal it or sign it and say it's done. Whatever that contract says, I'm going to carry out. When we hear it and believe it, the Holy Spirit carries it out. This Holy Spirit is big holds us to Christ, delivers us straight to God. And I pray that this is what we show the world. And the last thing uh, that I read about the seal actually is a seal in the, in the first century, they used to go to the marketplace and there used to be like bags of corn. And if you wanted to purchase a bag of corn, you'd simply grab your seal or, or, or your marking and you'd stamp it. Even before paying for it, you'd stamp it and people would know, well, that's yours. So when they go to that corn, they'll say, oh, I've got to deliver this to such and such because there are marks on that. That is theirs. So I've got to deliver that bag of corn to, to their place. And then, the, then you make the purchase and you make the payment. But that seal was the guarantee to make sure you get to where you're supposed to go. Can we see the role of the Holy Spirit? We are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. I think that's enough for this morning. I, 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 I want to also finish with the prayer that Paul prays. Um, and the youth group pointed it out, the four things that he prays for. And I want to ask that we pray this together. So uh, it's found here at the end of chapter 1. And this is a prayer. You can read it along, but this is, this is our prayer for CLFN. And it says, Paul prays for the Christians in Ephesus that they may have four things. What are they? That was the question to the youth. And in 17 to 19, it says, I, I'm, so, I'm so glad I have my Bible. <laughs> Always bring your Bible to church. Now you know why. <laughs> And we'll close with this prayer. Oh, thanks. Okay. It took me that long to find Ephesians. I'm in Romans. I nearly got there, I suppose. So this is our prayer. I pray that he will give you a spirit that will make you wise in the knowledge of God. The knowledge that he has shown you. I pray. See how this is a prayer. It's a praise to these Ephesians. I pray that you will have a greater understanding in your heart. Then you will know the hope that God has chosen to give you. I pray that you will know that the blessings of God has promised His holy people are rich and glorious. We've got to count our blessings, guys. We have them. We own them. We have been given them. May the world see a positivity in us. Not only what we stand against, 
What do we stand for? We stand for the good news. We stand for redemption. We stand for that we are a child of the living God. The blessings God has promised are rich and glorious. And you will know that God's power is very great for us who believe. What a beautiful prayer Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I ask that we take this prayer on for our Christmas break now and going into that new year. That we know the love God has for us, the hope that God has given us, the blessings, the many blessings that we have through God and His Spirit. And we experience and we feel it and we know it, God's power. Let's pause for a prayer just as we are. Father, this morning, and through your word of Ephesians, we thank you that you have reminded us through your word that we are sealed. Those that believe in you, that have heard your words, know the truth, are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And Lord, this morning, we want to take that seal, knowing that we're sealed, knowing that we're going to be delivered straight to you regardless of the circumstances or what comes our way, that we get there safe into your hands. Lord, as we think of this Christmas period, we know that there's going to be many gifts and many presents. May we count on our spiritual blessings. May we know our spiritual blessings and may the world see that we have something that they don't yet have and may they want that when they see it in us. And as the youth proclaim today, turning enemies into friends by love. The letter of Ephesians, Lord, you remind us that it's all about love. You love us, so we may love them. We thank you for you are great and worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen.